for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. It is also Juneteenth, Juneteenth, yes, Juneteenth, which is uh, a celebration of the emancipation of the slaves in America. First time a national holiday is today. I mean, it just went like, boom, okay, we're done, we're done, we're cool. I don't have a problem with it. I, I think it is a holiday that should be recognized. 100%. I think it should be recognized 100%. But what the Democrat Party is doing is they're hoping to put a tombstone on their racist past by claiming ownership of Juneteenth. That's really what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Left wing. Uh, so that's what's happening. The Democrat Party was the party of slavery. The Democrat Party was the party of the KKK. The uh, Democrat Party was the party of the of, uh, of Jim Crow, and that is uh, undisputable, indisputable, indisputable. And the Democrat Party also uh, presided over the absolute destruction of the uh, black nuclear family, thanks to the incredible war on poverty, which hasn't moved the needle on poverty one little bit. So those are things you just kind of need to know today. Enjoy the holiday. If you're waking up this morning and you're watching Democrats who suddenly recognize our, our uh, slavery past uh, and are going to use it as some sort of a cudgel against their political enemies, I've been studying it most of my life and I've always hated the Institute of Slavery. And by the way, my relatives came to the United States, oh, by like 70, 80 years after slavery had ended. So uh, I'm not going to have any uh, guilt laid on me for uh, slavery, but I do think it is an important date in history that we, uh, we should recognize the emancipation and the ending of slavery in the United States. By the way, many states, before we even declared independence for Great Britain, already had made slavery illegal. So I thought you, sh I thought you should know. New claims for unemployment benefits uh, unexpectedly rose last week. You know, whoever does this survey, they really need to be fired because every every time they do it, it it's always unexpectedly rose or unexpectedly fell. The Labor Department said Thursday that jobless claims rose 37,000 from a week before to a seasonally adjusted 412,000 people. Of course, many uh, Americans are hanging back from work because for a large share of those unemployed, uh, supplemental federal jobless benefits on top of regular state unemployment pay... Pays them more than their old jobs did. And who wouldn't want to be on the beach? That's what they used to call it in radio when you get fired. They call it being on the beach. I'm not leaving this market. No siree. I'm staying right here with Newsmax, the Newsmax Daily. And of course, my TV show on Newsmax, which is called Rob Carson's What in the World? New report also shows lockdowns destroyed the middle class. Well, no kidding. <laughs> A new report out Thursday reveals that COVID-19 lockdowns had a far worse effect on working class Americans than high wage Americans. Data from the Harvard Brown University and the Gates Foundation. The Gates Foundation, you can trust them. Bill Gates, I mean, what's not to trust about Bill Gates? Meanwhile, workers earning below 60K and workers earning below 27K saw 4.5 and 23.6% decreases respectively. Wow. The findings reveal that government lockdown orders devastated workers at the bottom of the financial food chain, but left the upper tier actually better off. <laughs> wow. Jeff Bezos, anyone? Jeff Bezos? They offer yet another reminder that government lockdown hurts most of those who at least can least afford it. So let's talk a little bit about Juneteenth. Juneteenth, of course, now is a federal holiday and the Democrats uh, uh, paraded out with all the black members of Congress and they made it an official holiday and they excluded Republicans from it because they want to put a tombstone on their racist past. But it's not going to change the mind of me. It's not going to change the mind of many. Here's the president yesterday getting all sorts of pandering. Getting all sorts of pandery, even though, uh, by the way, he um, presided over the funeral of Robert Byrd, who was a grand dragoner, grand wizard, or whatever in the KKK. 
with the ongoing work they have to bring true equity and racial justice into American society, which we can do. No, we've already got that. We've already had that, actually. You just have to make the right decisions. You have to stay in school. In short, this day doesn't just celebrate the past. It calls for action today. Yeah, yeah, we've been all uh, actiony with regard to uh, anti-racism since I was a child. Uh, I'm a Generation Xer, and to me and my generation, racism was never an issue. We were born after the civil rights uh, movement, and it was normalized. The relations between the races were normalized. I wish all Americans a happy Juneteenth. I'm certainly going to, in a moment, going to sign in the law, making it a federal holiday. There you go. I'm going to preside over this like I own this, like uh, I've never had a racist past. And he's one of the most racist people to ever live in Washington, D.C., post uh, Martin Luther King Jr., to be honest. Here is uh, Cortez and Pellegrino talking to Dinesh D'Souza, um, and he's talking about the Democrat motivation behind creating Juneteenth. Well, a lot of times the... Um, Not creating, but just um, uh, taking claim for it. The, um the politics that are behind something like this is what is decisive. So I kind of agree that uh, this is something that the, that is now part of the left's package of identity politics. By itself, I would have no objection to it. In a different environment, I would have said, fine, there's no reason that this isn't an important day to be commemorated. But it is the idea that the left is sort of trying to make the Republican Party, unbelievably, into the party of the Confederacy. Yeah. Uh, the simple truth is right. the Democrats were the party of the Confederacy. So when, when Biden talks about embracing our painful history, it'd be really nice if the Democratic Party said, you know what? Slavery, segregation, racial terrorism, the Ku Klux Klan, we did all that. We admit it. We take No, this is meant to cover that up. Responsibility. We will pay restitution. But of course, that's not what they're doing at all. In no. fact, it's the opposite. They're trying to hide the responsibility of the Democratic Party and foist it somehow onto America, as if America did it. America didn't do it. No. The Democrats did. Uh, that is a brilliant, brilliant uh, observation from Dinesh D'Souza. And um, the Democrats, this is their modus operandi. Okay, um, you look at this uh, with regard to uh, Juneteenth, um, other actions that they have taken that uh, distract from, you know, uh, the real problems of the Democrat Party, the real problems of the inner city, etc. We'll get to all that. Uh, but great observation by Dinesh D'Souza. Greg Kelly talked to, uh, well, talked about Joe Biden losing his temper a couple days ago uh, with a CNN reporter. Uh, the media did report on it, but they basically um, uh, made it into a softball. Uh, Joe Biden was was very rude to a reporter. This happens when you're a grumpy old man. Remember the movie? I think it was about 30 years ago. Uh, Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau, grumpy old man. This is what happens, I guess. But he lost his temper when asked why he seemed confident that Putin could change his behavior. He later apologized. I shouldn't have been such a wise guy with the last answer I gave. Now that he's back in Washington, the president faces significant domestic challenges, especially the fate of his massive infrastructure proposal. All right, they said he lost his temper, but if you blink, you might have missed that in the report. And they only showed you a very small, very select portion of it. Uh, NBC Today Show did the same thing. Putin, for his part, saying the summit saw no hostility between the two while expressing respect for Mr. Biden as a political leader. He's very constructive. He's very balanced, just the way that I expected. The president flashing frustration when pressed on the future of the relationship. Why are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President? Flashing frustration. Yeah, I'm not 
Okay. So when did I say I was how about if we lead the rest of the world in that uh, in that position? Now, the president later publicly apologized for his reaction to that question, which mischaracterized his comments. Asked again by reporters if his optimism was more wishful thinking than reality, President Biden said there's value to being realistic while putting on an optimistic face. Blah, 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 blah. Here's Greg Kelly saying uh, this is the real reason why Joe Biden apologized. All three networks did it. NBC, ABC, CBS, they're not showing you what he really apologized for, what his big mistake was. And they're not showing you the big mistake. And here it is. Now, it's not fiery, but listen and read the words. What he says to this reporter from CNN, uh, he is nasty, he is insulting, and arguably he's harassing her. He downplayed human rights abuses. He even refused to say Alexei Navalny's name. So how does that account to a constructive meeting as President, President Putin? President? You don't understand that, you're in the wrong business. If you don't understand that, you're in the wrong business. Now, Donald Trump actually called the fake news altogether. He lumped everybody in. Donald Trump was really tough on the press. I know. We all know that, right? But to single out somebody and say, you're not even worthy of the fake news, you're not worthy to be here, you shouldn't be in this business, that's pretty mean. And I know that his staff freaked out. Now, Donald Trump is hard on the press because about 96% of the stories coming from the press about Donald Trump were negative. Here is a report out of Sky News in Australia, which I'm learning to love, actually. Here they are talking about the Biden taking prepared questions and how very North Korean that is. I'll take your questions, and as usual, folks, they gave me a list of the people I'm going to call on. So, uh, Jonathan, Associated Press. Who are they? Twitter is mocking Joe Biden again for using a prepared list of reporters to take questions from following his highly anticipated meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin. In the video, you hear the president say, I'll take your questions, and as usual, folks, they gave me a list of the people I'm going to call on. Their admission left Twitter... Do you realize how very uh, Soviet Union that is? ...their users scratching their heads... And he's actually admitting it! ...they wondered if the president was actually meant to say that out loud. Yeah. Congressman Greg yeah. Stubbe said, how is this acceptable? Special advisor for communications for Senator Ted Cruz. you, you got to kind of wonder if he knows uh, and that he said it, he shouldn't have said it. It's kind of like when he was walking through the door and there was a Marine there, and, and he, on his ear prompter, heard the words, uh, salute the Marine, and he said, salute the Marine out loud. Steve Guest said one word, embarrassing. And a few Twitter users poked fun at Biden's apparent blunder, saying he accidentally said the quiet part loud. And finally, Fox <laughs> News contributor John Concha took a more serious approach to Joe Concha. Biden's comment, arguing it makes the president look weak. He said... Putin presser approaching one hour with no signs of stopping. This is what Putin sees as show of confidence and endurance in what appears to be an effort to make Biden look weak slash small when he ends up taking relatively few questions from hand-picked reporters. Meanwhile, Putin, if he doesn't want to uh, uh, have a reporter ask a question, he just has him murdered. You know, I'm not saying that's the way you want to do it, but uh, it's a little different. Just a little thing with uh, the whole Putin thing. It's like, where did, uh, what's his name go from the whatever i don't know they found him uh, apparently uh, died they had some uh, radioactive isotope put in his tea um i don't know how that could have happened <laughs> just it's just these things happen in russia these crazy things happening in russia 
Oh, and here's the president again. He cannot get the quote, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. They are endowed by their creator, etc. See, I just did it. I just did it. But he did it again. He couldn't do it. The idea is we hold these truths self-evident. We hold these truths self-evident. That all men and women, we haven't lived up to it completely, but we've always widened the arc. It didn't say men and women. It meant mankind, meaning human beings in general. Of commitment and included more and more people. Okay, okay. You really, buddy, you maybe ought to just give up that line. Just saying, if there's a line, you keep screwing it up all the time. Like if you were doing stand-up comedy, you couldn't get one joke out right, and you'd, you'd take it out of the script. you just take it out of the script. Oh, by the way, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, denied accusations that health officials had deliberately suppressed stories about the COVID-19 originating in a lab. Fauci said earlier this month that he is not convinced that COVID-19 developed naturally. Uh, While speaking to PolitiFact's Katie Saunders during an event for Pointer, whatever that is, I'm not convinced about that. I think we should continue to investigate what happened in China until we continue to find out uh, the best way of our ability what happened. Everybody knows it's uh, from the Wuhan lab. People are beginning to recognize that. The evidence is becoming absolutely overwhelming, absolutely overwhelming. And I'll get to a little bit more of that in just a couple of seconds. I do want to... uh, I'll circle back. I mean, the words of Jen Psaki, I'm going to circle back Uh, while we're on the subject of of Wuhan and while we're on the subject of the uh, increasingly obvious source of the virus, which was the Wuhan lab where they were doing uh, bat research to weaponize the virus against people. And by the way, the Wuhan lab is run by the Chinese military. And by the way, Anthony Fauci helped fund this uh, research to weaponize viruses. It's all coming out. Here is CBS this morning, still being coy about the whole thing. Scientists are still not sure where COVID-19 originated, but the idea that it may have accidentally leaked out of a lab in Wuhan, China, is under increased scrutiny. Yesterday, my colleagues at CBS This Morning spoke with Dr. Anthony... Wait a minute, wait, wait. The, 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 the fact that people are discovering it came is, is facing, from the lab, facing increased scrutiny? Really? No. Fauci. It's, it, more and more credibility is added every day. Asked him about that theory. Even though you lean towards feeling that this is more likely a natural occurrence, we you're the only person. Always felt that you've got to keep an open mind. No. All of us. No, you've always tried to cover it up. We didn't get up and start announcing it, but we've always said keep an open mind and continue no, you to didn't. look. No, you didn't actually. And and, and big media, uh, the Democrat Party and big social media actually censored people, censored people for saying that the virus could have come from the Wuhan lab and could have been sponsored by the Chinese Communist Party. Okay, I I know this because my YouTube channel was taken away and my Facebook page was taken away, partly because of this and also because it was the day after the election. Took it away. Here is uh, CBS this morning talking to Washington Post, Paul Farhi, who is now pivoting away. And becoming more accepting of the Wuhan virus coming from a lab. And the reason why they're doing this is because they're going to end up looking like complete and utter fools. And I'll explain why in one second. Reporters talk to experts. Reporters are not scientists themselves. They rely on the experts. And the experts told us in the media that it was very much more likely. You only spoke to the experts who wanted to your line that it came from an animal to have been a naturally occurring there were plenty of experts saying no it was probably weaponized at the wuhan lab not uh, a lab leak and we reported accurately what we were told by the experts now here's where he's softening up to cover up their gigantic 
failings. Since then, expert opinion has changed quite a bit. Uh, there is some mm -hmm. receptivity to the idea that it came out of the lab. If you, if you watch CBS every day and that's all you watch, you really would have no clue about what's going on in the world. That's what's changed, uh, more so than the media having gotten it wrong. Uh, the ah, there you go. Now you're, now you're doing a little CYA. But you did. Media accurately reported what the consensus was at the time. That's just not true. It's just not true. You just chose to create your own consensus and only to interview people who agreed with you. That's it. Has a top Chinese official defected to the U.S. with Wuhan lab secrets rumors swirl? Vice Minister of State Security fled Beijing in February with information that sparked Biden's U-turn on COVID origins, meaning that it could no longer be kept quiet. Dong Jingwei is believed to have fled the U.S. with his daughter Dong Yang on February the 10th. He made a name in China's secret service known as Guanbu and was minister, minister of counterintelligence or spy catching after being promoted to post of vice minister in April of 2018. If the reports are true, Dong is the highest level defector in the history of the People's Republic of China. It is claimed that he informed U.S. officials about the Wuhan Institute of Virology where COVID-19 may have emerged, causing Biden to look seriously at the lab leak theory. No, he, really, he was never going to do that, actually. He was going to try and sweep that under the rug because he he has very close ties to the Chinese Communist Party with his son uh, with a very large hedge fund, among other things, long derided as an erroneous fascination of the Trump administration. So the fact that it came from the Wuhan lab, which should be fairly, fairly obvious to anyone paying attention, was long derided as erroneous fascination of the Trump administration. And the reason being is because it came from the Trump administration. And any time the Trump administration was going to get something right, the media would try to shut it down. Han, described by U.S. officials as a straight shooter, claims that Beijing dispatched envoys to meet with U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken in March to discuss handing Dong back to them. Uh, his photos have been deleted by the Chinese search engine Baidu, according to some Chinese language news reports abroad. Sounds very Stalin-esque, doesn't it? Yeah. Conservative Red State uh, reported that the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency had received information from him that Beijing is covering up biological warfare research at the Wuhan lab. And why wouldn't you trust people who crushed a couple thousand students to death and washed their bodies into the storm sewers in Tiananmen Square and, you know, has a million Uyghurs in death camps? You know, how could you trust them? Why couldn't you trust them? Yeah, yeah. Chinese state media are coming around to the theory that the coronavirus might have come from a laboratory, but only because they want to put the blame on the United States. This is funny. Reuters reported Thursday that a, a senior Chinese epide epidemiologist was called on the United States to be investigated as the source of the laboratory leak that led to the global pandemic. These people really are just evil. Zheng Zhuang, chief epidemiologist with the Chinese Center for Disease Control and Prevention, that's funny, based his opinion on a report from the U.S. National Institutes for Health, the NIH, and said at least seven people in the U.S. were affected with SARS-CoV-2 before official cases were reported. Sure, it's our fault. Yeah, it's our fault. It's our fault. Wake up. I do want to share something that's kind of funny. Whoopi and uh, and Megan McCain got into it yesterday on The View, which, I mean, is just an insufferable show, by and large. Um, and Joe, Joe Biden got real nasty with the reporter, and Whoopi, of course, said, well, yeah, but President Trump did that. And, and Megan said, yeah, but, you know, he did it because he was always, well, here's the exchange. It, it gets pretty, it gets pretty, it gets pretty hot. 
negative. Well, it's the press's job to speak truth to power. And just because Biden has gotten a pass so far, which he has and continues to do, it is in no one's best interest to treat him like it's state TV. And as Sarah pointed out, that is the biggest difference between us and Russia. Yes. Well, I, I to just comment on that. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I never saw Trump do was apologize to anybody. Well, I, the thing that we didn't see him apologize for is because he didn't need to, because he was beaten up every day, relentlessly, starting before he was even sworn in by the American media. Whoopee. And I will. T- he was never asked about his favorite ice cream flavor. Take it when you, you know, because sometimes I'm rude respect, to somebody. We're with all, all due like respect, that. I don't I just care. Want to fin- let me president. just finish what I'm saying. Well, with all due respect, I, I, I don't I'm care just, if he's apologizing. He just embarrassed himself. I don't care and that you don't like care. Trump. Just hear what well, I'm saying. I don't saying. care that you okay, don't care. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. Well, then good, Megan. Then you can be how you always are. We'll be you can right be back. how you always are. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it sounds kind of light like this exchange. You're crazy. I know you are, but what am I? You're a nerd. I know you are, but what am I? You're an idiot. I know you are, but what am I? I know you, you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? Here's the thing, and I, and I don't always respect Meghan McCain. Occasionally she has a pearl of wisdom, I guess. Maybe it states the obvious like Bill Maher does occasionally. I still don't throw bones at them or, or gold medals at them when they recognize the obvious and use common sense. But Meghan McCain is beaten up by the four other harpies. Hosts, hosts, oh, sorry. Hosts of The View on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Before we get into uh, some uh, white hot guests on Newsmax, this is what Nancy Pelosi said yesterday. She avoided the question, which was, do you think that a 15 week old fetus in a mother's womb that has fingers and toes, has a heartbeat, brain is developing, is really a human being? And of course, (laughs) she refused to acknowledge. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Um, I'm with CNS News. The Supreme Court this fall will review a Mississippi law that bans most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Is an unborn baby at 15 weeks a human being? Let me just say that I am a big supporter of Roe v. Wade. Uh, I am a mother of five children. And the 60 million babies that it left in its wake. In six years, I think I have some standing on this issue as to respecting a woman's right to choose. Is it a human being? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Wow. I mean, that's... That's like borderline evil, kids. That's like borderline evil. You know, here's the reason why I'm pro-life, because I was a fetus. Hmm. I think Nancy Pelosi was, too. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. She may have just existed for all time as this, like, never mind. The entire Portland police riot squad quits in mass as the DA begins criminal investigations into an officer's conduct, even though, even though... In its own investigation, the Portland Police Bureau determined no wrongdoing by the officer. He did not violate training or department rules. He did his job within the scope of the law, going after these Antifa and BLM radical terrorists. The rapid response team, they had to be deployed 100 nights of protests in 2020, where they attempted to burn down a federal courthouse. They went after police stations. They busted windows out of businesses. They caused uh, absolute hell in Portland. The Portland Police Rapid Response Team has quit every one of them. There's no specialty unit left to respond to riots now. These positions were voluntarily filled, by the way, and the officers who had served on the riot squad will continue in their regular beat patrol duties. Yeah. This is according to Gateway Pundit. 
It's Multnomah County District Attorney Mike Schmid often drops charges on the few who are actually arrested in these protests. So they generally drop charges against people who attack police officers. Hundreds and hundreds of officers have been injured, and now they're just said, you know, we're done with it. If you don't get it, then you know what? Um, live in your own filth. Live in your own filth. This is pretty cool. Who watches Newsmax? New study says that independent voters do. Big time, apparently. This is done by Nielsen MRI Fusion. Profiled the, uh, the audience and, uh, and some surprising and positive information. Not surprising to me a lot of this, but it's pretty cool. 37% of Newsmax viewers describe themselves as independents, while CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News drew a solid 35 Newsmax viewers draw from both major parties, 37% identifying as Republicans, 26 as Democrats. Viewers also take their civic duty to vote seriously, 70% reporting that they always vote in national, state, or local elections. This is great. Top jobs held by Newsmax viewers include positions in education, office administration, sales management, construction, farming. People who watch Newsmax live extremely active lifestyles. They go out to eat, entertain friends, participate in outdoor activities, play sports, listen to podcasts. Huh, that's interesting, because I just happen to do one. It's called the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson, and you can, by the way, uh, subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts. Newsmax attracts an equal mix of the sexes, 50-50 male-to-female split. So if you think that, like, some uh, conservative outlets are all uh, angry white males, you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. Two out of three Newsmax viewers are spiritual, saying a prayer as part of their daily life. That's me, my friends. They engage in many interesting hobbies, antiques, trade cards, uh, trading cards, gardening, stamp collecting. Not so much me. One in three are the family's decision makers who purchase household furnishings and goods. My wife and I, we divide that, by the way, sometimes without telling each other. <laughs> Oh, in the meantime, oh, things are terrible over at, uh, at, at MSNBC and CNN. MSNBC's Nicole Wallace lost 80% of her audience since Trump left office. 80% of the audience. This is unbelievable. She has a, a four o'clock show called Deadline White House, I guess. I, I, I've, seen, I've seen clips of it, and she's such a shell for the Democrat Party. Few hosts have suffered more from President Donald Trump leaving office than Nicole Wallace. Brian Stelter has lost 70% of his audience since January. Joe Rogan, who has uh, one of the more popular podcasts in the country, talked about uh, Brian Stelter and why Brian Stelter and, I guess, MSNBC and many of the programs, including Don Lemon's show that was uh, canceled. And I'll get to Don Lemon in a second. Uh, why this is happening. Brian Stelter's show keeps slipping and slipping and slipping in the ratings. He's the worst. And you know same what they Don do? Don Lemon. It's the same thing. They, Everybody knows that that's, they're not real. They're not real humans. And, Joe, when you read those articles and you listen to those guys talk, Stelter's done this a number of times. There are segments where they're outright calling for censorship. Yes. They're yeah. like, hey, please, deplatform the people who I don't like because, you know. That's the new take that they're doing. They're literally telling you to drop Newsmax. They're literally telling you to drop whatever. And they're calling for the censorship of other networks because they're getting their rear ends handed to them. Oh, they're, they're saying things that are conspiracy theories. And by the way, they use that anything. They use it so loosely. Brian Stelter talking to the press secretary saying, what are we doing wrong? What are we doing wrong? The Jen Psaki interview. Like, hey, you're supposed to be a journalist. And they not, wonder why they get no views. But it's not even that. It's like they're, they're obviously being told a certain amount of what to do. Oh, yes. And, I mean, maybe he'd be an interesting guy if he had his own. 
podcast if he could just rely on his own personality and be himself. Yeah. I don't. I can't. I don't know. I can't imagine. Oh, that's not. No, that's not going to help. That's not going to help because he's one of the reasons why people aren't connecting is also his personality. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Don Lemon lives in a $4.3 million home in Sag Harbor, where 80% of the residents are white. Yet he's saying we're living in two different realities as black and white people. Yeah. Told the Washington Post there's been a false reality that racism no longer existed in the U.S. And after the nation elected the first black president, Barack Obama, the subsequent uh, election of Donald Trump then became a wake-up call to white people. He said, while black people knew racism was lurking under the surface the whole time, nonsense. Um, while Donald Trump was the president, uh, black unemployment was lowered to its lowest rate in history. So he's a really terrible racist. I mean, he'd have to be a really terrible racist. So uh, he says, we're living in two different realities as black and white people. Yeah, you are. You live in a $4.3 million home. You make $4 million annually. And there are coal miners in West Virginia that make about $25K and they die with black lung. Yeah. So honestly, and there are farmers in the Midwest who barely scrape by depending on how the season goes and can be completely wiped out because of a giant windstorms like in Iowa a couple years ago. But you live in your $4.3 million home in Sag Harbor. That's 80% white. You know, honestly, sir, give me a break. Give me a brick, brick, brick. Cortez and uh, Pellegrino talked to uh, Representative Matt Gates about the, the uh, January 6th insurrection that was unarmed. And it now appears that uh, some FBI agents may have actually set it up. Here is uh, Cortez and Pellegrino talking to Matt Gates about that. We paid for these cameras. We own this building, the taxpayers of the United States. Is there any legitimate reason to not give immediate public access to all of these tapes? Absolutely not. And the FBI clearly doesn't have objections to selected releases of video and images from these days. But it begs the question, why is there not more transparency? What did the FBI know and when did they know it? That's one legitimate question, but as you point out in your introduction, the question of whether or not the FBI animated some of the criminal conduct is one that is far more grave. You talked about the Detroit situation with Governor Whitmer. The very same they call it entrapment people. FBI personnel that orchestrated that operation end up in Washington, D.C. at the headquarters. And so it's reasonable to ask whether or not the FBI is engaged in a playbook where first they infiltrate an organization and then they try to bring that organization to the point of criminal conduct as a mechanism to try to bring it down. Why do you think so many doors were opened for the protesters? And so many gates were moved for the protesters. The FBI has a long history of this <laughs> dating back to... Why, why can we not see 16,000 hours of videotape from inside what was supposed to be the most secure building in the world? You tried to do this at the Treasury Department, you would, have been, uh, you would have been taken out. Taken out. But the red carpet was rolled out to our nation's capital. People could literally bust out a window, reach around, grab the door handle inside and let themselves in. That should be Fort Knox. This is unbelievable, and it should be painfully obvious to everyone paying attention. In the civil rights era, and I certainly hope that our premier law enforcement organization is not actually working to violate federal law. Now, the uh, Attorney General of the United States says that white supremacy is the biggest threat to America. Now, the term racist, uh, the term Nazi, the term white supremacist have all been used against conservatives. Uh, conservatives who want to speak on campus... Uh, Ann Coulter, uh, there are a number of Ben Shapiro. They are immediately uh, branded as white supremacists because some snowflakes don't want to hear their opinions. 
Trump supporters have been called white supremacists since the day Donald Trump, before he was elected, okay? Before he was elected. And so they're using this white supremacist thing. In a, it's a non-movement. It is not a, a massive wave of white supremacists in the country. It's always been a, a fringe movement. There aren't a lot of people involved in it. Give me a break. But Merrick Garland wants to go after uh, Trump supporters. He wants to go after political enemies. That's what they're doing with the Justice Department. Here is uh, Cortez and Pellegrino talking to Matt Gates about A.G. Garland. Congressman, you know, A.G. Garland wants to speak of the 75 million Americans, roughly, that voted for President Trump. He sees them as white supremacists, sees them, uh, a number of them, as domestic terrorists. What does this potentially mean for those individuals, not only those were that, that were at the Capitol, but others uh, that the A.G. wants to uh, kind of paint in that light? Throughout the enterprise of the Biden government, whether it's in the Department of Defense, where our military members are enduring this ridiculous screening, or whether it is at the Department of Justice, where people who merely engaged in a criminal trespass or maybe didn't even enter the Capitol building at all are subject to this type of criminal process, we see an FBI and a Department of Justice that I think has strayed from its original mission, and now they're engaging as political actors. And you know, Jen, I've been called a conspiracy theorist just for asking these questions, but whether it was... The you guys remember the Russian collusion thing? You know, the FBI was weaponized to get a FISA warrant to, to uh, based on an, a, 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 a document that Hillary Clinton, the DNC, paid for so they could surveil Trump's campaign, transition, and presidency. Russia hoax that was nonsense or the origins of the coronavirus at the Wuhan lab. Thank I've you. got a pretty good track record of being right when I make pronouncements. And what I could say is there was FBI infiltration of these groups. And what we've got to decide is whether or not that infiltration led to more acute criminal conduct than would have otherwise occurred and they let it and with regard to january the 6th they are called unindicted co-conspirators co-conspirators being the operative phrase there meaning fbi agents becoming co-conspirators to conduct a massive insurrection at the capitol leading the way and then backing away and let everybody else who followed them then get arrested and overpunished and left in solitary confinement this is what the Soviet Union did to its political enemies. This is what North Korea is doing with its political enemies. The same goes for Cuba. Unbelievable. There was a uh, Fox reporter out of uh, Florida, I believe, Ivory Hecker. And she was told that uh, by her boss that she couldn't report on hydroxychloroquine if it was being used successfully in hospitals, among other things. Well, she's been relieved of duty because she went to Project Veritas and shared some audio of her boss chewing her out for wanting to report the truth. Here's a little bit from Ivory Hecker on the National Report. How is your message being received so far this morning? Yep, yeah, Project Veritas did a good job of touching on uh, some of the slant that Fox has been all about over this past year. And this has been very well received from audiences, I think. A lot of Americans because people want the truth uh, have been very frustrated with news outlets and have been wondering what is going on why aren't my questions being answered and to kind of see a little bit behind the scenes to validate that yes the news is ignoring your questions and uh, this is kind of how it works uh, is like the possibility that the virus could have come from the Wuhan lab and the reason why it wasn't covered by the mainstream media because because Donald Trump started hinting at it like last January you know viewers wanted to see that people want we aren't stupid it's good to let people know that they're they're not alone in wondering what the heck is going on with 
with these news outlets who are, in many cases, uh, really ignoring certain stories. So it'll be interesting to see where she ends up working. Here's Ivory Hacker doing a mic drop. Her, uh, of course, her employee, they, they have a big stick because she's no longer on the air, you see. But it, what it used to have with broadcasting, in, uh, you'd, you'd, you'd be told frequently that your last show was this morning, and you would be made to disappear. Kind of like what they used to do in the Soviet Union and what they do with Chinese scientists who want to admit the truth. They just kind of make you disappear. Well, she didn't disappear. She went to Project Veritas. She also has a thing called social media. There are still some platforms that allow freedom of speech. Here she is. Her, her employers decided to call her a disgruntled employee, and they're going to go after her character. And here she is saying, I'm not going to take it. That particular story is what bothered Fox so much. They wanted to internally defame me and smear me. And I'm going to put those sound bites out about wow. Fox as well, because uh, their reaction to, to me outing them was pretty interesting. They Ivory, wanted to let smear me, me. Let me jump in because you know how time works with this. I've got right. to put this out. Daily Beast obtained a quote from your former employer. What we understand is Fox 26. It says this, quote, Fox 26 adheres to the highest editorial standards of accuracy and impartiality. A Fox 26 spokesperson told the Daily Beast. This incident in kind of like the Red, Red October. They called Sean Connery's character Crazy Ivan. Crazy Ivan. And what he was doing, he was defecting involves nothing more she's a crazy ivan in the fox newsroom than a disgruntled former employee seeking publicity by promoting a false narrative produced through selective editing and misrepresentation that's what that's what the mainstream media does every day in quote i just want you to respond to this are you a disgruntled employee seeking publicity well i can tell you that it does disgruntle me to have the viewers' questions ignored and have the facts on the ground. Disgruntle me. No, no, no. Shut down. Uh, but let me just say that statement is obviously false because I wasn't a former employee when I did what I did. And the mic is dropped. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Just a quick reminder that uh, if you would like to subscribe to this show and have it with you wherever you go, whether you're working out, whether you're working outside, whether you're mowing the yard, if you've got a decent size of yard, you can listen to the entire show while you mow the yard or you work out. It's pretty cool. So just go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. If you would leave a five-star review, that would be huge. Here's Representative Thomas uh, Massey being asked by a reporter if he's been vaccinated and his response, and this should be your response, by the way. Number one, you didn't answer whether or not you've been vaccinated. Well, first of all, it's none of your business. But There you go. That's what you need to stop it at. I'm going to tell you, I'm not vaccinated. And until there's some science, by the way, I have a master's of science degree from MIT. I'm not a virologist, but I can read data. Everybody just a lot of us can actually needs to read and don't put your head in the sand. Look at the data. I'm not going to get the vaccine until there's data that shows that it will improve upon the immunity that's been conferred to me as a result of a natural infection that I had. So in other words, uh, shut up and get out of my face because uh, HIPAA laws say that I don't have to tell you anything. I don't have to tell you if I've been vaccinated. I don't have to carry a vaccine card with me. And yet there are governors around the country who are doing vaccine, vaccine passports which are totalitarian in nature. This is pretty interesting. Cortez and Pellegrino introduced, uh, interviewed Ashley St. Clair about this, uh, this new uh, getting rid of the, the word mother and replace it with birthing person because there are some mentally ill people who, uh, who get surgery and hormones, uh, grow beards and claim to be men and still have girl parts and, and give birth. 
So they're, they're mothers. And there's nothing wrong with the expression mothers. There's nothing wrong with mothers at all. Here's Ashley St. Clair on the ridiculousness of getting rid of the word mother and replacing it with birthing person. And, and Joe Biden won't admit this, but this was a trend on Twitter weeks prior to Joe Biden calling them birthing persons. It was a trend to say that they wanted to be more inclusive, so they were calling them birthing persons instead of women. And if you're really a... By the way, happy inseminating persons day on Sunday. Feminist, why would you strip women of one of the best titles, one of the best superpowers that we have is giving birth and being a mother? Pretty cool, actually. And stripping... My body can't do that. ...that from us and saying that men can do it as well. And, you know, Ashley, I want to ask you about motherhood because, of course, it's an incredible blessing, but it's also difficult uh, from pregnancy onward to be a mom. And I know you've put this on your Twitter that you are expecting and people who are expecting often get ill. They don't feel great. She's an expecting person. Uh, Is it incredibly insulting? Not an expecting mother. To them, to actual mothers, whether it's with an unborn child or a born child, is it insulting to them to strip them of the title of mother and instead refer to them only by this clinical ridiculous term birthing person? It's not only insulting, it's hurtful. It takes away the lived experiences of women. And all of these people want to talk about their lived experiences as transgender or what have you, or pansexual or LGBTQ+. Um, There are two people in my life that were involved in raising me. Oh, there's my dad. I had a birth mother who gave me up for adoption. She carried me to term. She was sexually assaulted. She carried me to term and gave me up for adoption. My mother adopted me. My mother raised me. My mother, my mother. All you know, my mother died about a month ago. That was her proudest title. Her proudest title her entire almost 92 years on the planet was mother Grandmother, great-grandmother. She had 15 grandchildren and 27 great-grandchildren. The most incredible title that one can leave the planet with is mother or father. This is nonsense. It's also madness. Here is, uh, this is pretty funny. Um, Newsmax man on the street, James Klug, asking people about replacing mother with birthing parent. Mothers to birthing people? Birthing people? Wait, what? I need to, I need to, I need you to ask me that question again because. How are we doing, everyone? James Klug here. <laughs> Joe Biden's administration has shifted from using the term mothers to birthing people in their new budget proposal. So today we're in Los Angeles to ask people if this is inclusive or offensive. Even people in LA think it's nuts. In Joe Biden's recent budget proposal, they shifted from using the term mothers to birthing people. Why do you think they did that? I guess because they didn't want to offend anyone, I guess. Oh, there you go. kind of offensive. Why do you think the administration did that? So, so wait a minute, wait a minute. The word mother is offensive to her. So I think there's a lot of commentary out here on gender pronouns and how we should be referring to people. So I think everyone's just trying to be as politically correct as possible and be super inclusive. She's doing the up talk. That just eliminates all of her credibility. I don't know. I think today's society is getting a little soft. Probably not to hurt anybody's feelings. I guess it's more gender neutral, right? Because it's so easy for anybody to have a baby now. Anybody can have a baby? Hmm. Seems like it, yeah. Why do you think they... No, pretty much just women who have uh, ovaries and, you know, on the uterus and all that stuff. You know, 
Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. This is a pretty cool moment in a uh, city council meeting in uh, Silverton, Colorado, when uh, one person stood up to say the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, presumably was warned against it by the mayor, Mayor Furman, and they went ahead and did the Pledge of Allegiance anyway, and the mayor said, if you do that again, everybody will be thrown, but they did it anyway. I'd like to make one comment. I'd like to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's usually the United States of America. The mayor tried to shut him down. <laughs> Listen to this. Uh, I'd note that that's out of order. And, uh, we did have a one strike policy. I'm not going to ask everyone to leave tonight, but if something like that happens again, we will. Do it again. And tackling and, and other things. Oh, I hope they do it again. Like that are also out of order. So please don't ask me to make people leave. You'll be sitting there by yourself, Mayor. <laughs> I love this. I absolutely love this. Now, by the way, uh, Americans are saying no to critical race theory because they're not stupid and because uh, most people who are alive today were raised uh, post, uh, well, certainly all post-slavery, but uh, also after civil rights movement. And we've seen uh, generations of people growing up colorblind, my neighborhood is diverse. A section of a YouGov poll sponsored by The Economist found 58% of Americans have an unfavorable view of critical race theory. 38% have a favorable view of critical race theory. Uh, parents are getting it at school board meetings. This is a father who debunked critical race theory in an awesome speech. This man, uh, Ty Smith, has two college degrees. And he finds that when people talk about critical race theory and say that black kids can't accomplish anything because of cultural uh, racism or institutional racism, he is insulted by that. I'm going to play a little bit of this, stop and start it when I need to, but it's absolutely incredible. When you talk about critical race theory, which is pretty much going to be teaching kids how to hate each other, yep. how to dislike each other, yep. that's pretty much what it's going to that's pretty much, I don't care what say, it's pretty much what it's going to all come down to. You're going to deliberately teach kids, this white kid right here got it better than you because he white? You're going to personally tell a white kid, oh, the black people are all down to suppress. How do I have two medical degrees if I'm sitting here oppressed? Boom! How do I get, first of all, time up, because I only got five minutes now, not five minutes. Two medical degrees, no mom, no dad in the house, worked my way through college, sat there and hustled my butt off to get through college. You're going to tell me somebody that looked like all y'all white folks kept me from doing that? Are you serious? Not one white person ever came to me and said, well, son, you're never going to be able to get nowhere because you know the black people. But guess what? He talks uh, like me when I'm on a roll. What's sickening about this whole thing is what y'all doing right now is already something I do in my community right now to speak out against stuff because black folks are getting told by other black folks, oh, you know you ain't going to be able to do nothing out there in the world because them white folks ain't going to let you get nowhere. Oh, you know you're not going to be able to do it here because you know, white, the, the white man, <laughs> the white man going to keep you down. Well, how did I get where I am right now? Thank you. If some white man kept me down. Yep. How am I now directing over folks that look just like you guys in this room right now? How? What, what, what kept me down? What oppressed me? I worked for myself from off the streets to where I am right now. You gonna sit here and tell me this lie of critical race theory? Of this, this, this the reason why black folks can't get ahead because of white folks? Are you kidding me? This is what we come to now. I can't believe we're even talking about this right now. The last thing I'm gonna say right here is something that's crazy. Come on. Martin Luther King said he wanted his kids to grow up in a world where they are judged by the contents of their what? Character. Character. Not their skin. If they let this stuff go on right now, it is absolutely doing the complete reverse of what we are talking about our kids. We are talking about our children. What's so sickening about me, I love the Discovery Channel. You will see that on the Discovery Channel, animals will put their lives on the line to protect 
their children yeah. from danger to it. The person that's going to be suffering from this, the one that's going to be hurt from this, is the kids. Yeah. Ten years from now, if this stuff goes on, whose fault is it going to be? Whose fault is it going to be? Who are we going to look back on and blame for this? Because this is stuff we're talking about right now. This stuff is going on right now. I do this stuff on a daily basis. I'm in the hood. I'm in the communities. I'm out there with folks in their face. I've been Don Lemon, is it? Doing stuff since I was 18 years old, talking to black folks. You know what? None of them are buying this nonsense. None of them are buying this nonsense. All of them are aware of what this is all about, and that is uh, poor life decisions and Democrat policy that has failed. That's what it's all about. It's about covering it up. That's what all this talk about reparations is all about. And it is absolutely nonsense. Absolute 100% nonsense. Of course, this show is way out in front of it because I've been talking about this stuff for, I don't know, since I was in my 20s uh, 30 years ago. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's how long I've been talking about this. That's how long I've been working in inner cities to uh, work with fostering and adopting children and, and uh, telling children that no matter what color they are, they can achieve absolutely anything in this country. And it's absolutely true. They can. This is I mean, one more thing. We're going a little long, but I, I think this is really good. There is a new Take Charge initiative. Um, and I just got this. This is a PSA talking about. And this is, this is getting to the real problems today in the black community, particularly in inner cities. And this is the only way, the only way this can be solved. There was a mass shooting in Chicago, eight black people last weekend, eight black people shot, did not make the national news. That's as many as the St. Valentine's Day massacre. And that has been in the headlines for 80 years or 90 years. But eight black people can be murdered by one person, doesn't make any headlines. Listen to this really cool PSA. We need to talk. We need to talk. We need to talk about race, identity, and privilege. To have a real conversation about black lives in America. And be honest about who is taking advantage of us and keeping us divided. Democrat Party. To be black in America today is to be labeled and used. But it's not because America is a systemically racist country. It's about black people being used until... Election day and the day after the Democrat Party gets up, puts money on the dresser and leaves. It is not. It is not. It's not. It's because the loudest voices who say they have all the answers are actually the problem. There are progressive forces and organizations dividing us as a people and as a country. This is fantastic. You have to take this show and share it with people. They stoke hatred and division to hide the real problems and keep us angry. We've seen this pattern repeat itself over and over again. Black-on-black -black violence kills 13 times, is 13 times the national average. Black-on-black -black murder is 13 times the national average. We have to take a new course. And now's the time to return to our cultural roots of faith, family, and education. Over half of black students in Minneapolis public schools are failing, but black students in the same neighborhoods who attend private faith-based schools perform above national averages. Huh. Every parent should have the choice and the right to send their child to a safe and excellent school. And today, nearly 80% of black children in the Twin Cities live day-to-day -day without their father. That's now, did you hear that? And that's going on in major cities around the country. 80% fatherless homes. Four out of every... I've been saying this for 30 years. Every five. But it didn't used to be this way. Yep. As recently as the 1970s, 75% of black children lived in two-parent families. Wow. 
Having a mom. And a dad. In the home is the quickest way to reduce poverty and gain equality. Amen. Finally, finally, every American is endowed with God-given rights, and those rights create opportunities. We will succeed when we return to our faith in God and the core principles of our nation. You see, there is a difference between being woke and being awakened. There's a new movement growing in America. To restore the institution of the black family and secure our full rights and privileges as Americans. We invite you to join us. We invite you to join us. We invite you to join us. And take charge of our culture and our future. Beautiful. Takecharge.org. Absolutely incredible. I, I downloaded that a few weeks ago, and I had uh, run into some schedule conflicts with playing it. But how beautiful is that? There's nothing but light there. There's nothing but beauty there. Take charge of your life. Let a, a black baby be born rather than 30 million of them being murdered before they were born since Roe v. Wade. Stay together as family. It's really quite glorious if you have a mother and father in there and a great mom and daddy. There's really nothing better. You can have two dads. I get it. You can have two moms. If you've got two people who love you and want to raise you, but I'm going to say there's nothing wrong with There was never anything wrong with father and mother at home loving each other. They had three in the family. That's a magic number. Yeah, I learned that from Schoolhouse Rock. Kind of, kind of interesting. Guys, I want to thank you for joining me today. It's been a uh, blessing. Hopefully not a curse for you. <laughs> I've got a really funny show lined up this weekend for the, the Rob Carson's What in the World on Newsmax. It's on at 9 o'clock Eastern on Saturday, 2 o'clock Eastern on Sunday, and it is really, really good. It's like a daily show, but it's conservative, and you're going to get a kick out of so many movie clips this week. You're going to freak. You're going to, you're going to, don't drink a viscous liquid because you'll do a spit take if you watch my show. I promise you. Also, if you would, a little homework assignment, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. That would be a, a gift. I would really appreciate it. And if you have any questions about Newsmax programming, like all your favorite shows, whether that be Salcedo, whether that be Stinchfield, whether that be Spicery Company, Cortez and Pellegrino, uh, just go to NewsmaxTV.com, NewsmaxTV.com. Uh, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day this weekend. God bless you. God bless our military. God bless our police and firefighters. Remember Ashley Babbitt. And above all, say it with me, everybody. You ready? Ready? Don't catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.